0: Hey, all. Welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I am your host, Eric Christensen, pharmacist. And if you want to get in contact with me, uh, LinkedIn is a good way to, to do that. Uh, Eric Christensen, uh, PharmD, BCGP, BCPS. You can find me there. Uh, also through the website, reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, we've also got that free giveaway, 31-page PDF uh, on the top 200 drugs and their pharmacology and important uh, clinical pearls uh, that you actually might come across in real life. So definitely go download that for free. And obviously you also get updates when we've got a a new podcast or any other uh, info uh, to share for you there. So go check that out at reallifepharmacology.com. For today, we're going to get into metronidazole. The brand name of that medication is Flagyl, and this is an antibiotic for infection. I do see it somewhat frequently, I guess. Definitely a good one to to know, to pay attention to. Uh, Being an antibiotic, probably the most common uses for this medication, uh, bacterial vaginosis, Uh, Historically, C. diff was probably a lot more common for its use. Uh, We have had changes in the guidelines, and now, at least at this point, at the time I'm I'm making it, uh, vancomycin uh, oral is is typically going to be preferred there, uh, but still remains an option uh, if uh, certain other options aren't available there. Uh, Intraabdominal infections in in general. uh, Metronidazole's got some good activity, Uh, specifically against anaerobic bacteria. Okay, so that's an important uh, little nugget to remember with regards to the use and where you might see uh, metronidazole used. And uh, kind of along with that, uh, depending upon the type and surgery, uh, the type of surgery and the location of surgery, uh, metronidazole might be used uh, in prophylaxis. Again, you know, if you're doing some sort of GI surgery where Uh, gut bacteria are are going to be in play. Uh, We might use metronidazole because a lot of those bacteria are potentially uh, susceptible to the drug. Now adverse effect profile, I think this is uh, definitely important. With antibiotic, you know, nausea, vomiting, stomach upset can potentially happen. And um, with I would say the majority of of antibiotics, it is okay uh, to take them with food. And metronidazole um, certainly falls under that umbrella. So if you're having a patient reporting some issues with stomach upset, uh, feeling kind of nauseous with their medication, with taking metronidazole, uh, definitely encourage them to at least start uh, to try to take with food if they aren't already doing so. Uh, other adverse effects, uh, we, you know, I think of the, the GI tract uh, continuing along those lines. Uh, metronidazole can uh, provide a, a unique taste uh, to the mouth, and, and for some patients it can be very, very uh, troubling and, and bothersome. Uh, it's most patients will report almost a metallic type taste uh, in their mouth but um, keep in mind if patients are are noticing food tastes different or you know something else going on with with taste buds and eating uh, definitely could be metronidazole uh, having that adverse effect there Uh, there are some you know rare things that can happen with metronidazole Uh, one really unique thing Uh, that I have encountered in the the past, again very very rare, Um, but CNS changes can happen with metronidazole. And One thing specifically with those CNS changes uh, is peripheral neuropathy, so that's kind of an interesting uh, neurologic uh, type effect that can potentially happen with metronidazole. Now, I will say that the risk of, you know, some of these issues or particularly the uh, central nervous system issues is likely going to go up as we increase doses and as we uh, extend out that duration. I'm thinking along the lines of peripheral neuropathy, um, probably not real likely to happen, you know, if the patient's only getting it for a very, very short period of time, you know, a few days, for example. So uh, keep that in mind as you, you know, think about the adverse effect profile and as you see uh, metronidazole used now that is more specific uh, to you know metronidazole that's obviously going to be for systemic oral uh, use so um, important to i think uh, make that differentiation versus uh, topically applied metronidazole for example so let's take a quick break from our sponsor metad101.com if you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, uh, whether it be you know NAPLEX, pharmacotherapy exam, geriatric exam, ambulatory care, uh, new, newer certifications like BCMTMS, uh, we have you covered there. Uh, go check out our resources, uh, support our sponsor that, that help keep this uh, podcast free and, and educational for all to enjoy. So go check out those resources, meded101.com slash store. Uh, In addition to those uh, study materials for specific exams, uh, we've also got general uh, clinical pharmacy uh, education as well that you can purchase. So books on Amazon. And if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, uh, definitely uh, check out the links we have on there to uh, Audible. You can get your first Audible book for free and uh, pharmacotherapy and thrill the case. Um, you can get one of those uh, for free simply by signing up for Audible. Uh, No strings attached there. So definitely go take advantage of that. Uh, Check that out and um, support uh, the sponsor meded101.com slash store. So let's finish up on drug interactions here. Uh, I've got a blog post of a case scenario on warfarin and metronidazole interaction. So you can find that if you Google search warfarin and metronidazole, MedEd 101, you should be able to to track that down and find that uh, drug interaction there. What primarily happens or the, the end outcome or the risk with using Uh, adding metronidazole to a patient, you know, stabilized with decent INR on warfarin is you're going to escalate uh, those concentrations of warfarin and potentially lead to super therapeutic INR and and risk of bleed, of course. Now mechanistically, how that plays out, uh, that's likely caused by metronidazole's ability to inhibit CYP2C9. So that's how that uh... drug interaction is is going to play out and what why it's likely to happen there uh... one super important patient education point uh... don't forget about alcohol use uh... metronidazole and alcohol use should not be combined with one another okay so with a lot of other drugs, it's sometimes up in the air or ambiguous. It's like, you know, we generally don't want our patients drinking a bunch of alcohol with medications regardless. Uh, but with metronidazole, absolutely uh, not a good idea. And you want to make sure uh, that, there's, that there's probably a good period, good chunk of time after they stop taking that medica- stop taking metronidazole, that they abstain for, from alcohol as well. As well, there, so um, pay attention to that as well. As far as uh, resuming the use of alcohol, we want that drug to ensure that it's uh, out of the system for sure. Uh, keep in mind there are. Uh, some drug products, I specifically think of uh, some of the benzodiazepines, so injectable and, and rectal administration routes that may have propylene glycol within them. And if you see that in you know benzodiazepines or any other drug uh, in that formulation that's being used, you've got to remember that that can have that same interaction that alcohol uh, can have. So describing that reaction or, or why this interaction is important. What can results called a disulfiram reaction, and symptoms from this reaction are going to be flushing, uh, stomach upset, pain, uh, headache, and potentially even things like dizziness. So, uh, and can be very very severe, uncomfortable uh, reaction for patients. There, so uh, definitely avoid alcohol and similar type. Uh, products when metronidazole is being used. Uh, one other interaction I, I did want to mention is remember some of the enzyme inducers. Uh, so you know, classic example that comes to mind is phenytoin. So phenytoin can ultimately reduce the concentrations of metronidazole and what's going to end up happening is you've got a greater likelihood of treatment failure with that antibiotic. So I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, leave a rating, review on iTunes. Uh, Greatly appreciated uh, to all of you who have done that already. Uh, Very, very thankful. Uh, for that. And obviously pleasantly surprised uh, by the number of you out there listening. I I greatly appreciate it. It's uh, very, very humbling to to say the least. So uh, thanks uh, to all of you who have done that. Uh, Again, check out the reallifepharmacology.com website. Go snag that free 31-page PDF. Uh, Once you subscribe, you'll easily get access to that, be able to download that. And a really nice resource for um, folks that, you know, want to pick up a few more pearls on on pharmacology and uh, clinical pharmacy uh, medication practice. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Take care and have a great rest of your day. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming,